let's see. We are reading from Genesis 4, 1 through 16. I'll just read this real quick, uh, context, and get back. It's uh, titled, Cain Rebels Against God. Uh, starting in verse 1. And Adam knew, his, uh, knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought, out of, brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Abel he also brought of the first thing of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Then unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. You, gentlemen. Good afternoon, everyone. Okay, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for a beautiful day. I thank you for all the souls that are here. I thank you for our breath. I thank you for life. And Jesus, I thank you most of all for eternal life, for going to the cross 2,000 years ago. For your Holy Spirit being here, please guide the words that I say as we look into your word, and that your Holy Spirit would consume any evil that might be here. Father, we love you. Thank you. You're such a gracious Father. Amen. So um, today, the lesson for the kids at our school was Cain and Abel. And this is a very interesting story. It, we've been in this month so far studying Genesis. We did um, the creation story the first day, six days. And then the second week was where God creates Adam and then Eve. And then the next week was, unfortunately, the fall, where Adam and Eve sin. And then this is the fourth week in that series. It's where Cain and Abel, who are the first children of Adam and Eve, it's their story. And kind of setting the table, this is from Genesis chapter 4. If you looked ahead to chapter 5, it says... Uh, it says that Adam was 130 years old. So we know that Cain and Abel were born before Adam was 130. So we don't know when they were born. And we all the theolog theologians say Adam and Eve's first children are Cain and Abel, although it doesn't say that. We just surmise that it, Cain and Abel were their first children. And also the theologians think that they were twins. Because it says Eve conceived and then had pain and then she had Abel and there's no break. So it's very interesting. If they were twins or not, we really don't know. 
Just think about that. Adam was not born of a woman. He was created from dust. God breathed into him, and he became a soul, alive. Eve was taken from his rib. So neither Adam or Eve came out of a woman. So when Eve gave birth to Cain, this was the first human being born. Can you imagine that, women? You had your mom and your grandmom and your great-grandmom to help you. Eve had nobody. This is the first baby born. Now, also, you think about, most of you know the story, but jumping to the punchline, bad use of words, but Cain kills Abel. And think about that. Adam and Eve come out of the Garden of Paradise, where they talk with God in the cool of the day. They truly understood God's goodness. Don't you think that they told Cain and Abel as they're growing up about the goodness of God? It would only be natural and normal that you want to pass on the things that you enjoy in your life to your children. And look at the extremity of that. For as by one man sin entered into the world and death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Look at the nature of man, how depraved our heart is. The first man was a murderer. He went from the extreme of being the son of Adam who lived in the garden of paradise, who truly knew God, to being a murderer. A couple of the points that, that really jumped out, and, and if you look, there's only three points in this message. The first point is God does not accept our offerings until he accepts our person through faith. The reason why Cain's offering was rejected is because... It was works-based. It was his religious duty that he was doing. Over here, the reason Abel's was accepted is was he offered it in faith. One is the religious system of works, and God totally rejects that every, every time, because not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And over here, we have Abel who worships God in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we have, th these are the two extremes. The second point, if you flip over to the second page, ungodly religious systems have a bloodthirsty hatred toward a true born-again Christian. Think about that. Cain was being religious. He brought the best that he had to offer. I don't think the fruits that he took out of the garden were bad. I don't think they were wormy apples. I don't think they were old tomatoes. I don't think they were... I think they were great fruit. He was a talented farmer. He brought the best he had. But look at When it was rejected, when God made demands on him to be right, to make his offering right, he got so angry, so full of wrath, he murdered his brother. That's a picture of every religious system in the world. If you look at the Crusades, if you look at... Did anybody ever read book, Fox's Book of Martyrs? It's just the blood trail. One after another after another of persecuting true believers. And we see that today. Look at what's going on in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia... The, the ISIS, they're, they're beheading people. I read this week where they, I think it was 25 people 
they lowered them into a vat that, that of acid. That's evil. And that is, that is Satan working his war against God, and we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us when we're Christians. That's why the religious system, which is satanic at its base, hates God and hates us Christians. The, the third point, again, I'm reading this book with my son Christian. Sorry, I borrowed this one from John Owen. He's becoming one of my favorite authors. The third point is, it is impossible to fix bounds to sin. It's impossible to get your arms around a sin. You can't put a bound, a boundary on a sin. And he goes on to say, it's like water in a channel. If it once breaks out, it will have its course. You think about floods. We see them every spring. And we see the rivers and they go up on a helicopter and you just see like the Mississippi River it, or, or the Amazon River. I was there last November. It, it, it floods in the summer because they're on the southern hemisphere. The, the floods go as high as that, that light there on that second level. They, it's huge. And the, the river makes a new boundary. When, when, this, when it recedes, all of a sudden the river was over here. Now it's over here. It, you, you cannot control water. Remember that tsunami a few years ago from that, from that um, I guess it was an earthquake somewhere. It just moves. And that's what that Owen is saying, that's what our sin is. Once it breaks out, it will run its course. And we see that with Cain. Once his anger fomented and came out of his soul, he had to kill his brother. But it didn't stop there. Because God approached him and gave him multiple opportunities to repent, and he didn't. He was blasphemous, and he mocked God. And God let him go, and it said it, he departed from God and went and lived east, in Nod, east of the Garden of Eden, and that area where Adam and Eve were. And he created a civilization. A civilization. God didn't kill him right away. The Bible lists multiple children he had. And they were all very talented people. Musicians, workers of art, workers of metals. They were talented people. But then at the end of all of that, God said he gave Eve Seth. And it says, then men began to worship God. Then be men began to call upon God. In other words, this was the seed where... Noah and all the way to Jesus and us. Anybody who's here that's saved, that's our lineage. They began to call upon God. Today, we can call upon God anytime we want. We can talk to him. We can pray to him. He will listen to us. But the key is we need to come to him clean. Cain was not clean spiritually. He was dirty and soiled. And God will reject that offering every time. So let's look at a few verses today. Genesis 4.1, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man of the Lord. Now, remember in the Garden of Eden, Eve sinned, brought Adam in, he sinned. God puts the curse on the devil, Satan. Adam and Eve are listening to this. Then he says to Adam, you're going to work by the sweat of your brow. And he said to Eve, you're going to conceive in pain, childbirth. 
and your desire will be to your husband. In other words, you want his authority. Those were the curses that were put on. Jesus also said in in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. He's talking to Satan. And between your seed, Satan, and her seed, Jesus. It shall bruise your head. When Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday morning, he crushed Satan's skull. Satan's got a bad headache right now. And you shall bruise his heel. Jesus went to the cross. Bruising a heel, that was a picture of him dying on the cross. Now Adam and Eve heard Jesus saying this to the devil. Eve knew there was going to be a redeemer. That's why she says in this verse, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She's already thinking that Cain is the Messiah. Wow, she was really off. (laughs) Because he was like the extreme opposite of the Messiah. But it shows she had faith. She had faith. And the Bible never says if Adam and Eve are in heaven. But they're the only ones that weren't born of a woman. So they have a unique start. And this indicates, from my point of view, I think they're in heaven. Because this shows her faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you can't go to heaven. All right, 1 John 3, 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. We know Cain's in hell. He was of that wicked one. And slew his brother. And wherefore slew him? Because his own works were evil. And his brothers were righteous. What made Abel's works righteous and Cain's evil? Cain was out there doing the best he could in the garden. He filled up the bushel basket with the best fruits and vegetables he could get because it was his work that he was offering to God and not faith in a redeemer. He didn't think he was a sinner. It's very hard to get through our pride to get redeemed. That's like the last wall that has to fall before we call upon and have a godly sorrow for our sins. And he was full of pride. And his father, Satan, was full of pride. All right, Genesis 4.2. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, and, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, it says she bare again. See, it doesn't say she conceived a second time. That's why people think, some of the theologians think that they were twins. And it says Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a farmer. Now, that doesn't mean one is good and one is bad. If you're going to have food on your table, you want some meat and you want some veggies. Adam says, hey, Abel, you get out there and take care of the flocks. Cain, you get out there and take care of the garden. There's nothing bad in being either one of those. You need both to have a nice table. Colossians 3.23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. In other words, when you go out there and be a shepherd, be a good shepherd. Do everything you're doing as to the Lord. As a farmer, go out there and work as hard as you can to honor God. He gives all of us a job to do. I tell my kids that are still in school all the time, your number one job that God wants you to do now is get good grades. Not straight A's, but you better work hard before you go to that test. Because he expects you to do as well as you can in school, that's your job. We all have different jobs, and different, you know, there's a season for everything in our life. You have different jobs than somebody who's 30 and somebody who's 10. God wants you to do it heartily as unto the Lord. 
All right, so Genesis 4, 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Again, it doesn't say this is good or bad. In the process of time. We have a time set aside on Sundays to worship the Lord. In the process of time. God was expecting in the process of time that they would come and honor him. Maybe it was at the end of the growing season, the harvest season. But there was in the process of time. God is a very orderly God. And this is just indicating his orderliness. Ecclesiastes, keep thy foot when thou goest into the house of God. Keep thy foot means, you better watch where your feet take you. You can, you can go into a bar, a nightclub, or you can go into a Baptist church. Not any church. Worship God. Keep your foot. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. People that are unclean that go into church, they have a sacrifice that's of a fool. For they consider not that they do evil. Remember Saul, when he worshipped and he slaughtered the animal? He was doing blasphemy. It was the priest's role. And he didn't kill the Moabites, by the way. He didn't kill them all. He kept the good animals and the, he didn't kill the king. And by the way, the Moabites came and they grew back up the nation... And when he died and his sons died after the witch of Endor that next day, they came and took all the things off the man, dead man on the battlefield. They collected the, 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 the gain off of it. So even in death, the fact that he didn't honor God, it followed him. When he disobeyed, his disobedience followed him even past his death. Okay, 1 Samuel 15, 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. What that verse is saying, God would rather have you obey and keep his commandments than send money to church. That's really what the big way that we honor God today, is through tithes and offerings. But God says, I would rather have you obey than get your money. Genesis 4.4, And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock, and the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offerings. What we bring to the Lord in faith, God respects that. If it's not in faith, he doesn't respect it. Numbers 18.12, And the best of holy oil, the best of the wine, the best of the wheat, the first fruits of them which they shall offer unto the Lord, them have I given thee. And the reason I put that verse is there is, some of the commentators say that the reason God rejected Cain's Offering is that it was not blood. For by, you know, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But that's not necessarily true because this verse here from Numbers and Leviticus also points out that some of the offerings that the Israelites had to bring were grain offerings, oil offerings. They weren't just blood offerings, animal sacrifices. So God, and that's really good for us because what happens if God only accepted the offerings from construction workers. And he says, oh, you bankers, I don't like you guys. No. He's no respecter of persons. Everybody, if through faith, that brings their offerings to Christ, he will accept it. He will have respect onto it. Hebrews 11.4, and this is the key difference here, why Cain was rejected and Abel was accepted. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaks. 
The fact that we're reading this verse, God's testifying of Abel's sacrifice. And he's dead, and it's yet speaking to us in 2016. Genesis 4, 5. But unto Cain and unto his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. Countenance means your face. You can read a person's attitude by looking at their face oftentimes. If somebody's angry, their face will show it. They don't have to say anything. If they're happy and full of joy, their face just lights up. Little children, you can tell they're probably the easiest to read because they don't hide their feelings. They just let it go. But Cain here, he, God did not accept his, his offering and he got very angry. Why is he getting angry? It's his pride. You, what do you mean, God, you're not accepting? I, I worked on this for four months. This crop took me, I was out there weeding and getting the bugs off of it. And look at it, it's perfect. That tomato is the best tomato you're ever going to find. Why are you rejecting this, God? Well, if you're going to reject it, I'm going to get angry. And i got to take this anger out somewhere. And he, he stews on it. He, he meditates on it. And it becomes premeditated murder. Jude 1.11 says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? Cain's way is works-based religion as a way to get to heaven. That's the way of Cain. Woe unto them who go that way. Woe unto ones who think that their good deeds have to outweigh their bad deeds. Woe unto them. Woe is not a good thing in the Bible. And ran greedily after heir of Balaam for his reward. What was, what was Balaam's heir? Remember, King Balak offered Balaam money to curse the Israelites. His heir was he loved money. And what about the gainsaying of Kor? Remember, they offered strange fire. Moses says, okay, you guys come out, you bring your fire, you offer it up to God. Over here we'll have his brother Aaron is going to offer, and we'll let God choose which one is acceptable. If you offer God strange fire, he's going to reject it. And remember, the earth opened up, and they dropped into hell. Genesis 4, 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? Why are you wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? Look at God. He's still pursuing Cain. He's still, and why did he ask him? You know, like, you've got a little, a little, one of your little kids, they get angry. Well, why do you ask him? Why are you angry? Why are you angry? Justice, why are you angry? Christian, when he was little, why are you angry? You know, Catania, my, my, my oldest daughter, I don't think she ever got angry. She's like, why don't you get angry? <laughs> you know, she's just sweet. But why do, why do you ask your kids why you're angry? You want them to talk it through. Let out their feelings. Share with what's on their heart, what's in their mind. God's asking Cain, why are you angry? Let's talk about this. And remember... This is God speaking to Cain, just like we're talking in this room. Do you think Cain believed that there was a God? Amen. He believed God. He's talking to God right now. There's a difference between believing in God and having a saving faith in God. You see the distinction there? Cain believes in God. He's talking to God. But he's in hell. He didn't have a saving faith. That's a big difference. The devils believe and tremble. Proverbs 9.22 An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. Aboundeth means it grows, it, it builds upon. 
Anger leads to worse sins. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Right here in his heart, there is no God. Right in the middle of this fool's bosom, saying there is no God. For the, James 1, 20. For the wrath of God works not the righteousness of God. God says, be angry and sin not. We can have righteous anger. When I read some things about what's going like I got angry when I read about those ISIS dropping those believers into the acid. That makes me angry. I don't know if I shared with you last week, but a couple of weeks ago there was a, an abortion doctor who died in Baltimore. And it was estimated he did 40,000 abortions in, in about a 40-year period. Doing the math, that's 1,000 a year. If he worked 50 weeks a year, that's 20 a week. If he worked five days a week, that's four a day. Four murders a day for 40 years. Okay, Genesis 4, 7. If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Breaking that in. The first part is dealing with sin at the door. The second part of that is dealing with Abel. Abel was younger than Cain. So the older brother would have the respect. Cain would have gotten right with God. God was saying, Abel will have his desire to honor you, and you shall rule over him. But the first part of that verse is very important. It says, if you do not well, sin lies at your door. We're going to go out of that door into our cars. When we go out of that door, we're walking into the world, so to speak. If Cain doesn't, he, and God's giving, he's giving him instruction. He's saying, if you don't get right, sin is at the door. And when you go out, that sin is going to cling to you. But more importantly, sin is at the door of his mind and his heart. And by him rejecting the Lord, he's letting all of that sin strength into him. And it's going to overcome him. Romans 128. And this is, this is what I was thinking about with that, that abortion doctor. And even as that they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A reprobate mind means it's broken. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge, in their mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. They didn't want God in their mind. The people who reject Jesus, Cain rejected Jesus. He didn't want him in his mind. So what does God do? You walk in that sin, you walk in that sin, walk in that sin five years, ten years, fifteen years. At some point, God says, okay, you're out there in left field. Keep on going. I'm going to give you over to a reprobate mind. They might have tasted of the heavenly gift, but they didn't sit down at the banquet. And those people become apostates. And it says in the Bible, it's impossible for them to be saved. That abortion doctor, I don't know him. I just read the, the little paragraph. But if it follows the pattern of the Bible, at some point he did one too many murders and he crossed over that line where he had blasphemed the Holy Spirit and he was now beyond redemption. He had done the impardonable sin. The unpardonable sin. And anybody out there on the streets is subject to that if you blaspheme and blaspheme and blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But look at the, 
Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and him with me. I was teaching this one to the kids this morning, and on the door of the room, I said, who's talking here? And I wanted to make sure they understood the roles of the players. Here's Jesus at the door. He's knocking. And I said, assume this door doesn't have any handle on the outside. God can't open it. But you have the handle on the inside. You can open the door and let Jesus in. You see the difference? No handle. He's not going to open the door and come in. You have to unlatch the handle here and open it for him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus, over here. I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And will sup with him and he with me. So that's talking about, we have, part of this is on us. Have you opened the door to let God into your mind and your heart? That's what that verse is asking. Alright, Genesis 4.8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel and slew him. He murdered him. He killed him. And look at Proverbs 29.10. The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. So why did, why did he hate him? Because his works, Cain's works were evil. Because Abel offered a more righteous sacrifice than Cain. Genesis 4.9. And the Lord said unto Cain, here again, the Lord is going to Cain and he's giving him opportunities to repent. The Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel your brother? Of course God knew where he was. But he's asking Cain, where is your brother? Do you have something to talk to me about? Do you have something to confess to me about? And he said, I know not. Cain answers with a lie. I know not. And then look at what he, what he adds on there. Am I my brother's keeper? Can't you hear that mocking voice? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever we sow, we're going to reap. He's sowing some evil, bad sins right here. He's compounding. And that's what sin does. It's like Owen says, when the water gets out of the channel, you don't know where it's going to go. He has no idea where his murder is going to take him. Eventually to hell. Psalm, Psalm 9.12 And when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembers them. He forgets not the cry of the humble. God is going to do an inquisition on every sin. There will be an accounting. There will be a day of reckoning. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We have to give an account for every idle word we speak in the day thereof. Every thought, every word, every action will be accounted for. And he's going to make an inquisition for the blood. Romans 10.1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they be saved. There's always an opportunity to be saved if you don't push the Holy Spirit away. God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Genesis 4.10, and he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. That's such a vivid verse. It's like the blood is in the ground and it's crying up. It's, it's like crying for vengeance. 
But now Abel's in heaven. So I think it's not just vengeance. I think Abel is saying, if he could tell you what, if his blood could talk to you, it would be saying, you need to be saved. I'm in heaven. There's a heaven. There's a hell. Have you made a choice? I'm in heaven. You can be saved. His blood is crying up, not just for vengeance. God will make everything equal. He's going to balance the scales. Revenge is, my, revenge is mine. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will recompense. That's God's job. It's not for us to get even in life. Romans 128. We did that one. Hebrews 10.30. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And then it goes on to say, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's the way those verses end. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Genesis 4.11 And now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive your brother's blood from my hand. You know, God curses. He put a curse on Cain. We think of curses as only coming from, like, witches and all that kind of stuff, right? No, God can curse. He cursed right here in this verse. He cursed. He put a curse on. And he says, now art thou cursed from the earth. What did he curse him with? Well, first off, Adam was cursed in the Garden of Eden. And it said, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to have to till the soil. So one of the curses was, it wasn't, you just don't go pick the fruit. You have to till the ground. You have to fight the weeds. You have to get rid of the bugs. You hope there's rain. You hope the sun doesn't burn it up. You're going to have to fight to make your food. Now, Cain was a, he was a master farmer. And some of the Hebrew indicates in, in reading these commentaries that he actually was such a good farmer that he made farming his idol. You know, God's going to take away your idols. He took away Cain's idol. And one of the curses is the ground isn't going to yield its fruit to you anymore. That's one of the curses. And another one was he was going to be a vagabond. Not only a vagabond on earth, because we're pilgrims on the earth if we're Christians. We have a sure home in heaven. We might be wandering on the earth until we go before God, but we have a sure place in heaven. We have a sure place in heaven. We're not vagabonds. He was a vagabond on the earth, and he was also a vagabond now in eternity. There's no rest in hell. It's the bottomless pit. He's falling. He has the feeling of falling in this huge torment of fire for eternity. That's part of the curse. Genesis 4.12. Here's, here's God extending that curse. And when you till the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive, a fugitive is somebody who's running from the law. A fugitive is running, somebody's out to get me. Now think about this. All the people on the earth at this time are descendants of Adam and Eve, and they're the children of Cain and Abel, so they would be his cousins, his nephews, his aunts, his, his, I mean his, his children, grandchildren. And what are they doing? They want to get right, they want to get revenge. They want to kill him. When, when you till the ground, it shall not yield. 
a fugitive and a vagabond shall you be on the earth. That's a pretty sad sentence. Philippians 3, 18, 19. For many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. That's a perfect description of, of Cain. He was an enemy of the cross of Christ. His end is hell, destruction. His belly was, God was his belly. He wanted food. He wanted to be a great farmer. And his glory is his shame. His, his, his glory today is shame. We're talking about him in a very shameful way. He has no glory, glorified glory. His glory is shame. Okay, Genesis 4.13, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. He had no idea what he was saying. He was thinking physically. He wasn't thinking spiritually. He wasn't thinking eternally. And you know what? They have to bear it in hell. Because it's eternal. They have no choice. Job 31.3 says, Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? We don't understand hell. It's strange. But that's what ends up for the workers of iniquity. Iniquity being sin. The workers of sin. Genesis 4.14. I'm moving kind of fast here. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive, a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. He knows his family's out to get justice for Abel. They want to kill him. Genesis 4.15 And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slays Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. The Bible doesn't explain what that mark is, and there's been much, much speculation about what this mark of Cain is. You, you guys can speculate just as well as any of the great theologians. Alright, the last verse, 4.16 And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord... And dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Anybody who goes into eternal destruction has to go out from the presence of the Lord, spiritually speaking. That's sad. That's very sad. When you read that, he went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And Hebrews 11.6, let's finish with that. We talked about it. But without faith... It is impossible to please him, God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. Cain believed, but he didn't have faith. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for this lesson about Cain and Abel, and, and there's many lessons we can apply in each one of our lives, as with all your word. And Jesus, thank you for being the word for us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, you are the Word. We love you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. Amen.